Hey everybody, it's Leanne again. And I wanted just to check in and um, share with you some of my thoughts about the yoga practice today. So when I started yoga, like I said, I really had no idea what I was in for. And it started as something that I did and then felt compelled to do and didn't really know why. Um, and as time went on, I kept practicing more and more and discovering more and more and noticed I felt a certain way when I practiced. Um, and it was just showing up and doing the practice. There were times where I had just moved to Philadelphia and I didn't remember the practice because I'd always practiced in a class and I would just sit in my kitchen and I would try to figure out like, well, what came next? And then what came next? Trying to piece together this practice because I had always relied on a teacher to guide me through it. And so it was from that sense of floundering around and trying to find a yoga class in Philadelphia. I remember I would go to a yoga class and it was so different than what I had known in California that I would try to plan my escape. So I would think like, okay, how can I get out of the room without the instructor noticing? Or how could I get out without it being rude? Um, but I would be like planning my grocery list or my mind couldn't settle down in some of these other classes. And so that really led me um, on this journey of beginning to study more. And I went to my first teacher training um, shortly after arriving in Philadelphia within the first year. And I went to the Omega Institute up in Rhinebeck, New York, and I had no idea what to expect. Um, by the time I booked the training, they were out of lodging. And so they said, oh, all we have left is tent camping. And I was like, oh, perfect. That sounds fantastic. Thankfully, it was August, so it wasn't too cold. Um, so I went and I set up my tent and and went not knowing. I didn't know the teacher who was teaching it. It wasn't Ashtanga teacher training. And it was led by Beryl Bender Birch and her husband, Tom Birch. And Beryl was one of uh, the first people to really share Ashtanga yoga. And her husband, Tom, was an avid runner. So she had worked with the New York Road Runners Club a lot and showed the runners this practice of yoga and how it could help them with their training and, and with their performance because it was such a vigorous practice. And I remember questioning like, oh my gosh, am I good enough to be here? Do I belong here? And we'd go in and we'd practice. And this was like pre-Lululemon, pre-yoga clothing specifically and um I remember like we would wear like running tights and a sports bra and that was it um some people would wear like shorts that were like terry cloth shorts it was really bad but there was no set attire and there was something really refreshing about that because there wasn't the pressure there wasn't the social pressure to show up a certain way or to look a certain way which is kind of ironic because yoga really is about coming back to your whole self. It's a path of coming back um, in harmony with your body, your breath, your mind, your emotions, and your sense of purpose. And in some ways, I think that we've strayed from that. In some ways, I think that with Instagram and Facebook and all of the other social media things that if you're not 22 and a size zero and a Lululemon ambassador in perfect clothing, like you feel like, gosh, who am I to even practice? 
And I, even as somebody who's practiced for 25 years, have felt that way. Like maybe I should just leave it up to the 22-year-olds. Maybe they're more qualified because they look better in the pose. But the truth is, is that through my practices, I know I've been through a lot and I know that I have a lot to offer, but it's trusting that. And um, for me, that was such a big thing is really trusting that what I had to share was valid and I knew enough. So after that first teacher training, I, um, and I had one of the strongest practices there, but I didn't feel qualified to teach afterwards. And so I left and then I went and I um, would teach yoga in my office after work. So, you know, the place would clear out and I had a small group of people and we would literally practice yoga in the hallways. And I remember one day one of the people I worked with came into my office and said, hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she shut my office door and she said, I need to tell you that since we've been practicing yoga... I um, I don't feel as depressed. And she shared that she'd suffered with depression for years and that she felt that the yoga practice was really helping her in that way and giving her a sense of hope and a sense of, of assuredness. And that's when I um, kind of stepped back and went, wow, that's powerful. Because the data suggests, you know, I think it's the number of people on antidepressants in the last couple of years has doubled. And the number of people on medication for anxiety is ridiculous. So we've got all of these people trying to self-medicate to regulate their body. When here we have this simple practice that's available pretty much for free, um, that does that. So, you know, for me, it became about, okay, how do I share this practice with as many people as possible? Because the practice works. And the beauty about the practice is that you don't have to believe it works. You just have to show up and do the practice. And then you find out the results for yourself. One of my teachers, Tim Miller, said, the thing I love about yoga is that the benefits are irrefutable. You don't have to convince anybody that the practice works. You just need to get them to show up and do it because then they'll feel it in their body. It's something that that has palpable changes evident in the body. Um, My teacher, Patabi Joyce, used to say, do your practice and all is coming. And that was kind of his standard answer to anything we would ask him. And a lot of times I thought like, well, maybe he doesn't understand the question. It might be lost in the translation. But now, years later, I know that he knew exactly what he was saying. That it's showing up and committing to this path, this practice, that then the mind can um, begin to come back to itself. The mind can settle down. Then the um, the illusions begin to dissipate. It's as if what doesn't belong burns off. And in yoga, we call that the burning off, the the tapas or the heat. And it reveals the true form. So we get rid of what doesn't belong and we come back to our truth, back to a pure sense, back to a sense of unified self. And uh, that's kind of why the practice means a lot to me is the changes that I've heard people report Um, there's so much science now coming out. Eddie Stern just wrote a fantastic book called One Simple Thing, a new look at the science of yoga and how it can transform your life. And I am devouring this book. So if you are interested at all, get this book because Eddie has done a great job and he's working with Deepak Chopra to bring evidence to why the practice works. Yogis have known for years that it works. 
we've heard anecdotal um, reports from students that it works, but really to have this marriage of science and theory together to be able to show, yes, this works. And, you know, I hope there's a day where people are prescribed yoga instead of antidepressants and that people are given yoga as a practice to bring the body back to a sense of homeostasis. Because regardless of whatever's going on, the practice helps to balance the nervous system, um, the mental state, the physical state, all of it. So, yeah, Guruji was right. It's do your practice and all is coming. But you have to show up and practice on a regular basis. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes, but it does matter that it's regular. So that commitment, that sense of, of honor of your body and, and your mind and really of your life. So that's it for today, guys. Just a few musings on the practice um, as I go through my days. Thanks for being here, and I will be back at you tomorrow.